It's time for Cadillac On Call on News Radio 610 KONA. It's your chance to learn valuable health information right here in our community. Now, the host of Cadillac On Call, here's Jim Hall. Welcome to Cadillac On Call, presented by the Foundations at Cadillac. And on focus today, ways you can improve your emergency preparedness and help make our community safer. Cadillac Regional Medical Center has a robust menu of community education classes geared at equipping us with tools we can all use in the event of an emergency. CPR, using an AED for your children's babysitting instruction, childbirth education classes for prospective parents, and much, much more. So tonight we want to spend our program focusing on these class offerings, and we welcome to the program Megan Boucher, who is the Training Center Supervisor at Cadillac, coordinating this wide array of class offerings. And Megan, why don't you begin by just uh, giving us an overview of what, when we say Cadillac Training Center, it certainly is that, right? Not only for the community, but also Catholic employees and healthcare workers. Correct. And thank you for having me on, Jim. Yeah, so at the training center, you know, we do offer courses that, that help our staff with the certifications and requirements that they need um, and keeping them up to date with best practices. But we also, um, yeah, we offer most or all of our classes to our healthcare um, you know, people in the, in the community, whether it's fields like uh you know, first responders, providers, you know, maybe students entering the health field, and then, of course, to community members, um, different, lots of different classes that we offer. Yeah. Why don't we focus, uh, first of all, on the community outreach-type classes that are involved, and, and why don't we begin with CPR? And I know there are, for members of the community, uh, way CPR has, is being instructed has changed now to what they call this hands-only CPR. Talk about that a little bit and the why behind it. Yeah, so hands-only CPR is just the idea of they've really simplified so that anyone can feel prepared, anyone can take action, you know, the idea that everyone can do something. Um, So with hands-only CPR, it's just the idea to just recognize there's a problem, and then once you do just, there's two steps, basically, the first step is that you call 911, and the second is that you respond. Usually, it would be to start compressions, and so it would just be, you know, pumping on that chest hard and fast. And then the other component of that is the next level up would be where we have like what they call heart saver classes. Mm -hmm. So those heart saver classes expand on um, the CPR component, and then they also help you to recognize um, basically ways that you can give first aid. So it's kind of recognizing a problem. It could be like a diabetic emergency, or it could be um, maybe someone's bleeding, and just other things that you can do to help until, until help arrives. And maybe if you would just spend on what you call this heart saver class so it's not just the CPR. Correct. Yeah, so we, we do the CPR and AD, and that's for adult, infant, and child. But you also have the first aid component. So if you come to a class, it's actually a, a full eight-hour day. Um, one half basically is spent on, this, on CPR and, and learning, you know, how, like using an AED, how to apply pads, all of those pieces. But then the, the second half of the day is, is about first aid. It can be environmental. It can be, um, you know, just situations you might come in, in contact with. So everything from, you know, bee stings and dog bites to um, like hypothermia. So it just covers lots of different 
different situations that you might come upon or, um, you know, maybe have a member of your family have a problem with and how, and how do you recognize it? You know, how do you activate so you can get advanced response, responders there to help? And then beyond that, you know, what are you going to do in, the, in, in between to offer help to that person? When it comes to the CPR component, you touched on this hands-only CPR method that is being taught, but but these classes actually teach the old conventional way more of the more of the comprehensive uh, life safety experts uh, folks need if they want that CPR certification. Correct. Yes, because in, in those classes, we're going to also teach about how to deliver breaths correctly. Um, again, we're going to really show you and work with you on the AED. You'll have a chance to run that and practice. And yep, so there's just a lot more of those hand on hands on components instead of just the hands only CPR. And, and when people is, is part of the effort too to try and help people become comfortable in this, because obviously, if someone comes upon someone who stopped breathing and is in need of CPR, there's probably a little bit of fear and, and apprehension about doing that and trying to get them so that they're comfortable if in, in the instance that they, they come a, they put in some of this, obviously it's going to be a heavily stressful situation. Yeah, and it can be. It can be really traumatic for people with some of these, you know, whether there's a lot of blood or, like you said, someone's not breathing and, and just the fear of you're not really sure what's maybe happened. But that's why it's it, it, this is all preparing. It's preparing for those situations. It's helping you to be more confident, to know just some of the, a few tips and tricks, things that are going to be able to help you that you can start. And um, and the great thing is that for most of these, once you recognize you have a problem, most of these, the first step is, is you call 911. And the good thing is, is they're going to be able to help you as well. They're going to help talk you through things. They're going to, you know, give you ideas. But when you've come to the, the class, you've actually practiced those things. Like you've used it, for example, like you've, you've had a chance to try an EpiPen. You've had a chance to try an AED so that if those things are available, you're going to be more um, trained to use them. So, in, you know, it's kind of a, it, it, it's in partnership with when you call 911 and they're probably going to help you and ask you to do things, but you're going to have practiced and you're going to be better and more proficient at doing those things. So, yep, definitely helps prepare you. And I know earlier this year during the NFL season, the use of AED gained some national worldwide publicity with when the Buffalo Bills football player was stricken and his heart stopped and they ended up utilizing CPR and, and an AED to help save him and I, I you know these AEDs you touched on you're, you're you're teaching people how to use them but at the same time as my understanding with them basically you you turn them on they tell you how to do them it, yes, and that's exactly it. Anytime there's an AED, I mean, there's, there are AEDs in the community, so it's something to know. I mean, even if you've not had training, it's made at like a third grade reading level. There are pictures. There's usually lights that will flash, and it talks you through every step. So the most important thing is to not be afraid and to turn it on and then just follow what it's telling you to do. I mean, it's going to walk you through everything. It'll say, hey, you know, it's time to put on the pads. It's time to, you know, stop touching the patient. We're, we're analyzing. It's time to start compressions again. Yeah, it just walks you through every single step so um, and it's not something like you can like electrocute yourself people are worried about that there's that can't happen so they're they're made for the public to use even without training so it's nice to have some training and to feel a little um, more prepared but absolutely do not be afraid and um, if you're in that situation just go ahead get it turned on and just follow along with what it's asking you to do and the other component that you touched on relative to these heart saver classes is the first aid component. And 
And I know you touched on a lot of different things relative to first aid, but one of the other uh, new features, or at least that I was became aware of, is the effort to help people. It's called Stop the Bleed. There's an actual protocol on people educated to help someone if they suffer a traumatic bleed. Correct, yes. And so um, in our Heart Saver classes, there's a small section where we talk about the stop the bleed component. Um, it's just going to talk about, you know, applying pressure. It's going to talk about maybe um, situations where you might use a tourniquet. So that you'll get a little bit of that in our Heart Saver first aid classes. But we also offer a stop the bleed course, and that's done through our trauma coordinator. And um, it's like an hour, hour and a half long. And again, it's just going to give you more information. It's going to let you have time to practice. You get to like actually put on tourniquets and, and see how they work. And um, it's the number one thing in, in traumas um, to be able to stop, stop the bleed. And the idea that you're going to help manage that until advanced um, help arrives and, and allows us to get that person to the hospital to get the rest of the, the care that they need. And with these, these classes, I know in many cases there are requirements. Obviously, probably the first and foremost is helping people just want to get trained on all of this so that they're equipped. But some folks, to work in certain settings, need this kind of training. So there's also that practical component. Correct. Yeah. So that yeah, it leads right into like a lot of our life safety classes, um, and that's exactly it. Those are for the you know healthcare professionals, um, and it could be like we talked about first responders. It could be you know dental offices, whatever. But yeah, so we offer a lot of those life safety courses. Like we have like BLS, ACLS, PALS, NRP, TNCC, EMPC. So mm-hmm. lots of certification courses. Um, most of those are you know two year certifications. Yeah, and so we offer those. And I was going to say, too, also from the the CPR, these day-long instructions, uh, folks that want to, say, be a lifeguard or some, you know, just to, their work might require them to have a regular CPR training as well. Absolutely. Yeah, we get a lot of, um, in the summer particularly, we'll have, like, um, youth that are going to take, like, a lifeguard position for the summer. Um, Also, in-home child care, a lot of those require the certification. Um, But then we have people like grandparents that are, you know, one of their family members is expecting a baby, and they just want to be prepared so when they have an opportunity to provide child care that they're prepared, that they can deal with, like, choking or they can deal with, you know, a, um, a small wound or, yeah, so that they're just ready and feel feel safe. We're visiting with Megan Boucher, the training center supervisor at Catholic Regional Medical Center, sharing some of the wide array of class offerings that all of you can take advantage of if you would like to. And we'll visit more about some of the other programs that Megan talked about, especially relative to some of the requirements for people who work in health care. And we'll do that right after this. You're listening to Cadillac On Call on 610 KONA. This program is not a substitute for direct consultation with your own health care provider. Always consult your health care provider for your specific condition, especially if you have or suspect you may have a medical problem. Now back to Cadillac On Call. Here again, Jim Hall. Welcome back to Cadillac On Call, presented by the Foundations at Cadillac, and we're visiting with Megan Boucher, who is the Training Center Supervisor at Cadillac Regional Medical Center, which coordinates a wide array of community education classes for people like you and me, and also for uh, folks who work in the healthcare industry, whether they work in a hospital setting or a clinic setting, or they may be first responders out into the community. And Megan, I want to pick up the conversation, if I could, by just talking a little bit further about these community offerings. I know, how do you determine 
what classes you decide to offer to the community? Is it just a case of input you get from people who've taken previous classes? That's a great question. Um, yes, it, it can absolutely be that. If we get input, we have, we you know, track, like, requests and, and kind of um, we're watching kind of what our la- what latest trends are and, you know, things that people are interested in. And also then we just kind of have our fallback list because they're just things that we know that are required. You know, we know that things like BLS or ACLS that um, – those are just ongoing certifications, and so we want to make sure that we have those, you know, not only for our staff so that they keep up their skills and keep on top of those certifications, but we want to be able to offer those to healthcare professionals in the community so that they are the same way that they're keeping up their skills or keeping up their certifications and able to really support and um, provide these services to our community. Maybe if you would just share a little perspective. You used a lot of different acronyms for all these. I think I see BLS, ACLS, PALS. I know those are acronyms for uh, the, the commonality is life safety, but but what is required of, say, someone who go, is a, a nurse at Cadillac or someone who works as a medical assistant in one of the clinics or for someone who may be a paramedic in one of our local fire departments? Yeah, that's a great question. So depending on what their job or their position is, kind of depends on which of the requirements, you know, which of the certifications they're required to take. Um, For example, most people, um, whether it's even like an MA that's working a front desk, um, whether it's someone who maybe even is in like nutrition services, that would be BLS, and that's called basic life support. So that's just something, um, and that's just that kind of that first responder, you know, how to recognize, get call for help, and how we're going to start performing CPR and using an AED. So that's that BLS level. Next then, like ACLS is about um, advanced cardio life support. So that would be for people that are working, and that's with for like like the adults. So that's, um, you know, some of the different medical um, clinics, whether it's some of the different departments and floors that are in the hospital. And then PALS refers to the pediatric advanced life support. So those are people that work with our, our children and our infants. Um, and then we have even, you know, more specialties like NRP, and that would be our neonatal resuscitation program. Um, TNCC and is our trauma. Huh. So that's our trauma nursing. So there are lots of different... Yep, lots of different certifications. just depends on what their job is. And how frequent does one of these uh, medical professionals have to, how do they, how often do they get have to get retrained and recertified? Yeah. Um, for most of these, it's every two years. There's a few that are a little different, but basically it's very, it's very common for it to be a two-year certification. Yeah. I was going to mention that uh, we're coming up, I think, on roughly about three years almost to the day, at least at Cadillac, I know, in the Tri-Cities, the first covid patient that uh, came upon our community and how did how did your work uh, continue to keep folks getting certified and and maybe did you learn some things on how you provided some of this education as a result of you know not being able to have that in-person contact yeah, and so that's a great question. Um, you know, we had to balance. We had to balance um, needing to keep our staff safe, um, but we also needed to balance how are we going to keep the community safe, and it wasn't an option to shut down these courses or these certifications. Um, it became, you know, it was a time when we probably needed to be the best at our skills. We needed to be you know, on top of our game. And so we just made, um, we, we used the guidelines for each of the courses and just made some adjustments, but we absolutely just kept training and teaching because we knew that the staff and um, community members needed this information and they needed to be on at, at best practices. And so we just continued. Um, there were some changes, like one of the things that we have now is a new option. It's called Heart Code Complete. And that was kind of a 
a spin-off that, you know, one of the things that was implemented, and it's a way that they can do a majority of the didactics or the, the online portion. They can even just do that at home, or they can do it just sitting at a computer, and then they come in for a reduced amount of time to practice and pass off their skills. And that's actually a new option that we have. We, we were doing that internally. We've been doing that for quite a while with our staff, but we now have an external platform, and we can offer that to community members. So any of those healthcare professionals looking for um, several of those classes, we, we now can um, have them register, and then they can come work on, they're called um, independent VAM stations, and that's where they complete their skills. So it's a great opportunity whether it's first responder, dental offices, students that are getting ready to like maybe like go to one of the colleges and one of the programs. So we're really excited to be able to offer that for the community. So this is a, a combination of online, but also you require them to come in and do some hands-on with some mannequins. Is that right? Yeah, there's there, yep, there's a station, and they actually just work independently at a station, and, and um, they, it's called VAMS, Voice Activated Mannequins, and so the machine just works them right through what are the skills they need to pass off and complete, and then they, they receive the same certification. It's a two-year certification, and yeah, so it's wonderful. It's a, great, it's a great alternative and a great opportunity, and we're really excited to be able to, like I said, not only offer it to our staff, which we've been doing for about the past two years, but now we can offer that to, to healthcare professionals in our community. Well, that's really cool. And, and interestingly, and I want you to spend a little bit of time sharing about these life-size mannequins. You touched on the ones that, uh, that, that people come in and, and get practiced with those, but you also, for staff, have, I mean, when you put people through the paces of what it would be if they encountered a patient in a room or someone that comes into the emergency department. Is that right? Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so we have a simulation lab. We have several bays, and we have adult, pediatric, and infant simulators. Um, and they, they are amazing. They, the things that they can do, the functionality is um, incredible. Whether it can be that we can, you know, put in an IV, we can um, practice, put, you know, do, doing a trach, or we can practice um, that the, the mannequins actually respond. I mean, we have mannequins that sweat and, um, <laughs> or, yeah, so it's, it's So real, amazing. very real. Very realistic, yep, and it's wonderful. So the, the, they can come and practice, um, and it's an opportunity even where they can, even if they have, make a mistake or they need to ask questions and, and that we're, we're not doing that in a patient setting, we're actually doing that in, in, a, in a practice environment and really helping them to perfect their skills. And yeah. can you actually sit in another room or as they're doing this and, and make the mannequins, as you say, do different things that, to, to test the skills of the staff, but, but at the same time, you can even make the the noises all make it so lifelike. Yeah, yep. There's even speakers so that the, 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 we can speak in response, so they can ask <laughs> the patient questions. You know, the mannequin uh -huh. questions, and then the mannequin can, can tell them back. So it's a great opportunity as they're as they're doing the same thing, like to recognize a problem, right? Just like we do in our community classes. Um, medical staff have to do the same thing. They come in and they're asking questions and they're trying to make diagnosis and try to figure out, you know, maybe what next steps are. So, yep, the mannequins can do that. And so the advice for someone, you know, especially considering maybe a healthcare career, to take advantage and, and get this training, and, and it might even give you some early exposure to what a healthcare career could be like. Absolutely. Yep, an opportunity. And we even have things like experience healthcare will be coming around the corner pretty soon, and that's for like high school students. Um, yep, coming in, taking classes and learning and, and just, yeah, getting an idea if this is something you might like to pursue and and be a part of. Before we let you go, just a, a quick, 
question of why do you do what you do? It must be rewarding to see, to be able to provide this vital training to people, community and trained professionals. Yeah, I I love my job and I love my team and I think what I love best is the passion. They um, they want to provide great classes. They want to have you know we want them to be high quality. We we love as we watch students and I always say we're filling a gap. Right, we someone comes to a class and they may have some experience and have lots of knowledge, but there's always pieces that they can learn and do better and and tools and resources that we can give them and it's it's a wonderful opportunity to help them with that and then we can see we can see when there's been growth and we know that when we send them out the door. They've got a few more things. We call it their tool belt. But they've got mm-hmm. a few more things in their tool belt and better ways that they can service, um, you know, patients, family members, people that come to our, our hospitals or our clinics, but also just out in the community that we're sending them out and, and just helping us as a whole. Megan Boucher, the Training Center Supervisor at Catholic Regional Medical Center. Thanks so much for your time. We're going to visit with a couple of your colleagues before we end our program tonight. And yeah. we'll do that after this. You're listening to Cadillac on Call on 610 KONA. This program provides general information only. Any comments or information presented are strictly for educational purposes. Cadillac and 610 KONA do not endorse any of the suggestions made by the presenter or callers. Now back to Cadillac on Call. Once again, Jim Hall. Welcome back to Catholic on Call, presented by the Foundations at Catholic. And we're talking about the community education classes that are available through the Catholic Training Center. And if you'd like to sign up and learn more about the breadth of the offerings at Catholic, you can go to the Catholic website at catholic.org and find community and find classes. And you can take your pick as to what you would like to get educated on. And we're going to continue our discussion focusing in on a couple of areas of the community education classes that are offered And to do that, we have Heather Houston, who is a community education instructor at Catholic, and she is going to share some information tonight uh, about childbirth classes as well as babysitting courses that are taught over at the Catholic Training Center. And Heather, first, thanks for taking the time to be with us. You're a community education instructor, but why don't you begin by what does it take as far as your training to be able to be an education instructor at Catholic? Well, thanks for letting me talk to you tonight, Jim. Um, I'm actually, my background is in public health education, but the certification that we have to teach prepared childbirth is an ICEA certification, so I'm a certified childbirth educator. And then most of us also teach those life safety classes that Megan had discussed, Mm -hmm. and so we're also certified BLS or life safety um, instructors as well. Well, let's touch a little bit on childbirth classes. I know it's been many, many years since I took them, but I know, is it is it the same? Where there, what kinds of classes can families uh, take, uh, I guess, currently for prepared childbirth? So for our prepared childbirth classes, um, we have a couple different options in the structure of the classes that they can take right now um, for an in-person class. We do also have... Uh, online classes that people can take um, that are kind of self-directed and they can do that and that's childbirth and then also breastfeeding but for in person right now we have either a weekend class which is a Friday night and a Saturday morning or then we have a three week class so that's a particular week night um, three weeks in a row that they would come and take. And is is the education still the same all these years later? I know one thing I guess maybe have you address is just after a baby is born, 
I know that probably is, is incorporated. And, and the, the changing philosophies on how you should have your baby sleep as an infant has changed back and forth, hasn't it? Absolutely. So there's always new, better information out there. So with our certifications, we're doing continuing education, which means our program stays up on what science points as best practice or the best way to care for your baby. We're also in close contact um, with our labor and delivery ward and keeping up with what the hospital's practices are and how we can best teach to what they're going to see at our hospital at Cadillac. And during these childbirth classes, is it a case where the the spouse or the whoever the other partner that's in the classes with the, the mom, is it a case where the time before the baby comes and then during the delivery and all of this stuff, is, is, is all of that covered in kind of a chronology all the way through the pregnancy? That's correct, yeah. So we start with third trimester because that's where most of our moms come in um, is in that third trimester and so we talk about what are some of the things that you're going to experience here in that third trimester and we're going to go all the way through the process all the way until you're home with baby and what does life look like now. (laughs) And I bet for the partner whether it's a husband or a significant other of some sort uh, there's all kinds of learnings that for the for the person who goes along as the caregiver right? Absolutely. So we talk about things like massage and comfort techniques for mom and how can partners be supportive, but we also talk about how does a relationship change and shift? What does life look like not only for the mom but for the partner now that the baby's been added to the family and recognizing that there are changes that are being made and we've just built a family and so how do we, what are, what comes next? So with that, then, in, especially after the baby comes, you get them home, and just all of the, especially if it's a first child, right? <laughs> the, right. All of those fears and, and all of that trepidation that comes when you take the, take the baby home, uh, it, because it's all new. Is is some of that just helping people under you know the the repetition and and that hey these things and these things are are what to expect and it's okay. Yes. So we go over even things like, especially like you said, for first-time parents, this is what babies look like when they come out because some (laughs) people are a little shocked by that, right? Uh And so this is what baby looks like. These are some behaviors they're going to expect. We talk about the period of purple crying, which is an increased period of crying that's a normal development for an infant. And so this is how you soothe and this is how you cope yourself with this crying. And and here's some skills that we can give you, and it's okay, you know, to come back to this information and, and use it when you need it. And then, of course, important things as well are, as far as I'm guessing, how to just install a, a, a car seat safely and all of those kinds of things that people forget about. Right. We have um, community resources for them beyond what we have in the class or what we're able to cover in those classes, like here's a place that you can go to have your car seat checked to make sure that it's installed properly. Um, Their classes, they get a code with their classes that they can actually go online and they can review materials up to six months after they've taken Hmm. the class so if they need a refresher, they can come back and look at that information again. And one question I would ask is if, say, you've had one child or two children, should you take this class over if you've already had kids? I would say absolutely. (laughs) Um, Like we've talked about, the information changes and it's new and maybe it's been a little while since you've had another, had your last child. So we need a little refresher. We definitely have people that come in 
um, to see us that maybe one partner's had a child before, but the other one hasn't. So one feels confident, but the other one wants a little more information. So there's all kinds of reasons that you can come to a class. You don't need to just be a first-time parent. And I would say there's probably camaraderie that's develops over time. Uh, the people that are in with other folks in the same situation, that they probably uh, it's probably a little helpful to, to have some partnership in so many ways. Right. So we're teaching this class, and it's outreach to the community because we're giving them information, but it's also making connections through our community because we're introducing people that are in similar stages of life, getting to know one another and talking about shared experiences. And so we're trying to build a community that way as well. And have you had, I'm guessing, probably friendships that have developed from people that have taken these same classes? That's absolutely correct. We have people that we run into later that, you know, may recognize us and approach us and <laughs> say, you know, I still know this person or I remember you or my delivery went great or whatever information they choose to share with us. I want to have you, uh, you're on for a couple of more minutes. I'd like to have you touch on another important class that, that is also uh, very instructive for, for younger folks, and that's the babysitting course. Yes, yes. Tell us a little bit about that and when they're offered and, and what, what goes into them. Um, so we have a babysitting class that's available for kids ages 11 to 17. Um, that is just a weekend course, so it'll be a Saturday. We have one a month. Um, we're trying to increase and change some dates during the summertime. We'll actually have some weekday classes available since kids will be out of school and parents are usually trying to find something for them to do. Um, but they come in and they learn all kinds of things from us, from basic child care, nutrition, safety, how to handle kids at bedtime, to things like first aid and CPR and those kind of just in case something bad happens, this is how you're going to handle it. And for some of the, these kids, obviously, it, it, can, it can lead to making some money. Absolutely. So part of the class is what we call the business of babysitting. <laughs> so we give them resume examples so they can make their own resumes. They're going to oh, get cool. a business card at the end of the class that mm -hmm. they can hand out. And obviously, I would assume, and I know when my kids were at that young age and needing babysitters, those that, that we utilized uh, had taken this course, and it was probably a, it's probably a comfort to the parents and the folks that are hiring these people. Absolutely, and that's part of the great thing about the resume or even the business card. It talks about the skills that they have. Um, they have those that knowledge, that safety knowledge, those things that we want to feel comfortable about as a parent when we leave our child with with someone. And so it gives us kind of that extra boost of confidence that everything will be good while we're gone. You mentioned that the age you're looking for is ages 11 to 17. So that's probably the sweet spot as far as when to begin and taking these classes, probably age 11. Yes, yes. So the reason for that is just because there is some of the content like CPR that is something that requires them to pay attention and be serious and take it seriously. We find that, you know, about 11 they can kind of handle the content and we can expect them to be able to be responsible for kids and, and responsible while learning um, the content. 
Heather Houston, a community education instructor at the Catholic Training Center. Heather, thanks so much for taking the time uh, to, t- to educate our folks about some of these particular classes. And again, if you're interested in learning more about the variety of classes available to you in the community, go to the Catholic website. It's catholic.org and just find community and find classes, and you can determine which classes you would like to consider taking and at what times they are offered. We have one more segment where we're going to learn even more about the Catholic Training Center, and we'll do that right after this. You're listening to Cadillac On Call on 610 KONA. This program is not a substitute for direct consultation with your own health care provider. Always consult your health care provider for your specific condition, especially if you have or suspect you may have a medical problem. Now back to Cadillac On Call. Here again, Jim Hall. Welcome back to Catholic on Call, presented by the Foundations at Catholic. And we have been learning some acronyms tonight, what they mean. BLS, Basic Life Support. ACLS, Advanced Cardiac Life Support. PALS, PALS, Pediatric Advanced Life Support, I think. Uh, But we're learning not only what the acronyms are, but why they are important. And we're profiling tonight uh, the wide array of community classes that are available, not only for uh, you and I, people in the community, to learn CPR and babysitting and breastfeeding and things of that nature, but also if we're a first responder and nurses and doctors, the people that are required to have this training on a regular basis. So uh, we've been visiting with the team from the Catholic Training Center, and we're happy to welcome Lisa Sanchez, who is um, a member of that team. And Lisa, I want you to touch a little bit about, uh, we, we talked about with COVID, some of this stuff had to go online, but that's... Yeah. That's actually been kind of a, a good way of uh, helping people learn because they all can't make the convenient time or have the ability to get out and come in and take these classes. So talk a little bit about how, how those are, what people can do if they want to take online-type courses. Yeah, so we do have the um, opportunity for folks to take online classes for our prepared childbirth as well as better breastfeeding. Um, and it does it provides an opportunity for folks from our neighboring communities where it might be um, a hardship for them to come to the Tri-Cities to take these classes in person. Um, But what they would do is go onto our website and register for our online courses, and we would actually send them the materials that they would actually be learning in-person class. And I would assume, especially on the childbirth classes and and these offerings, that as you touched on, if someone, you know, they're, they're a distance away or just the hardship of, you know, physically they don't feel like having to, having to you know, drive or, or go in to do this type of thing. So you're trying to meet people where they are? Yes. Yes. And with this um, online course, they have six months access to the online learning. So they have the opportunity to go back and rewatch those videos and review that content um, so that they can be more confident in what they're learning. And is that how you came up with, did you have people wanting or, or because of COVID you were having to do a lot of virtual and you just thought, hey, this is working pretty well? Yes, yes. It was an effort to find something for people to still get that knowledge and education um, because people were still having babies and still needing that education. And, and what other types of, of, of courses are you able to do on, online for folks that, for, from a convenience factor? Yes, so we also have the Better Breastfeeding course, and we also are offering, as Megan has spoke about, the Heart Code Complete courses for BLS, ACLS, and PALS. So that's the one, those that are more of the 
the, the, the healthcare workers that need that, mm-hmm. that regular training and stuff. I'm told to ask about the new life safety courses. Is that what those are, what you're talking about? It is, about? yes. So with those, why is that so important? Uh, you know, I think people think that, oh, I'm taking my CPR. I only need to do it once. But is it a case where, no, you have to do this? It's a, one, it's a requirement. But two, there's, mm-hmm. there are new things to learn. Yes, the um, American Heart Association does um, update their content, and so it is important that every two years the um, learner does review that and become recertified. Um, and it's also important for community members and for healthcare providers um, because they might be going into a different type of field or advancing in their careers or trying to enter into a program. Um, so these. These classes are very important, and if there isn't an in-person class available, this is a, an excellent opportunity for them to still get that certification. And, and with these courses, there are, you touched on some of the hardship of people that they can't physically get there, be it distance or there's physically the challenges to get there or, or whatever circumstances that, that would, makes it easier for them to take these remotely. But also there's communications issues too. So I understand uh, we have a diverse community, and some of these courses are yeah. also offered in Spanish. They are, yes. We have our prepared childbirth course as well as the better breastfeeding class that is offered in Spanish. And are those remotely offered or are those the in-person kind too? Yes, those are our online courses. So how does that how does that work if I'm taking, say, a prepared childbirth? I just have my partner and we log in just like we would we're doing a Zoom or a Teams call or something of that nature and just you follow the, follow just like we've become accustomed to for the past three years? Yes, yeah, so what they get um, for the prepared childbirth, they get two manuals, and inside those manuals is an access code. Um, and that access code will unlock all of the online content as well as the video content for them to do their learning. And they can. this is all self-directed? It is, yes. So it's not where they're having to, okay, Friday night from 6 to 8, I'm, I'm part of a class. I'm, I'm doing this on my own. Yes, yep, it's on their own time, at their leisure, um, as it fits into their schedule. So maybe if you would, just enough minute or so to, to go, but just talk a little bit about in, in summation, of, if you can, maybe combine what, what you're talking about, but maybe with what Megan and Heather had talked about, of, of why the, there is such a robust training center and, and how you've set it up so people can kind of take these at their own pace and at their own convenience. Yes, I think it is part of where the generations are going. It's convenience for our community um, and for our hospital staff, um, just creating the opportunity for everyone to be able to learn um, and um, creating the opportunity for um, just additional knowledge in our community. Well, I, I, I want to ask you the same question that I, I asked Megan a little bit ago to close this out, is, is you and Heather and Megan all sound very passionate about what you're doing. Maybe give me your why of why you'd like what you do so much. Yes, I truly love doing what I do. I love being in this environment. I love hearing our residency, um, residency, our nurse residencies come through here, our physician res- residencies come through here, um, our BLS, ACLS, PALS classes that come through here, all the learning that happens um, because the people that come through our doors are helping to save lives. And um, that's so important. And um, it's something I take very seriously, and we all do. Well, I want to thank you. I want to thank Heather, and I want to thank Megan for taking the time to help our community understand more of these offerings that are available to them. 
They're part of the Catholic Training Center over at Catholic Regional Medical Center. And if you would like to learn more about all of these classes, you can go to the Catholic website, catholic.org, look up community, look up classes, and you can figure out which ones are best for you and get signed up. And it sounds like a lot of them can be taken on your own time. Our thanks to all of our guests tonight, and thank you for listening. We'll talk again next week. 